And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. DirecTV gives you access to apps like Netflix and live sports right next to each other. I don't get it. Let me put it in pigeon terms. It's like that one amazing dumpster with the old fruits and cardboard all in one place. How am I supposed to keep up with illustrative metaphors when you are making me so hungry? Get live TV and streaming apps together without a satellite. Visit directtv.com. Requires high-speed internet-connected Gemini device and separate paid subscription to watch Netflix on DirecTV. Terms and restrictions apply. Welcome aboard the Athletics Can't Wait Jets podcast, your nonstop shop for all things Jets with Tim McMaster, Zach Rosenblatt, and Marissa Dunn. Can't wait! Uh, we're going to roll with Mike White. And with those words, the New York Jets have a new QB1. Welcome to an emergency episode of the Can't Wait Podcast. I'm Tim McMaster, along with the Athletics Jets reporter, Zach Rosenblatt, and our producer, Marissa Dunn. I don't know if we've done an emergency podcast, which is crazy because it's just another typical Jets season. But I will say this, Zach, you always have to bring your microphone when you cover the New York Jets because you absolutely never know when just crazy nonsense is going to happen and you are mic free today but i think your uh your computer's coming through clear <laughs> just a lot of rookie mistakes by me today i didn't bring my computer <laughs> charger with me either so Ooh, I'm done that's here, I'm worse gonna, i'm gonna have to drive right back down to my parents to write my next story for a couple of days from now um <laughs> but yeah never a dull moment on this beat that's for that's for damn sure <laughs> All right, so we're going to break this podcast into basically two angles, right? Zach Wilson is benched. That's number one. And then Mike White is the new starter. That's number two. To help us dissect that side of things, we're also going to be joined by the Athletics' Kaylin Kaler, who recently had a long sit-down conversation uh, with White as part of her series on QB2s. She'll get to talk about him now as a QB1, which is kind of fun. And also a programming note, uh, we are going to actually post that full interview on this feed as well. So if you're listening on the audio version of this feed, if you're listening to this podcast, just let it play through and we're going to go right into that interview. So a little more information on Mike White, because we all know you can never have enough information about Mike effing White. Uh, But we are going to start with Zach Wilson. Um, He's not QB2. He's QB3. Joe Flacco will be the backup uh, on Sunday. Zach will be inactive I'll start here, Zach. We we did a podcast yesterday. Feels like a month ago, um, <laughs> and we we obviously broke down all these possibilities. And my thought was, there's no way they're actually going to bench Zach Wilson. I thought they were sending a message by kind of putting this out there to see if it would kind of get him back on track. But you sounded like you were much more on the side of there's a really good chance that they go in a different direction this week. So congratulations to you because you were right. Although I don't think you thought they'd call it today. It's it's funny. I th- through our podcast, I believe that. And then this morning, and you know, you start reading stuff, you talk to people, and um, I went on the Bears podcast uh, that we have here, and that they were asking me about it. And then I started going back towards like maybe they won't bench Zach. Maybe you know this Bears game is a good get right game for him. Like maybe this was all motivational. And then Adam Schefter tweet comes first, and then Robert Salah declares who the starter is, which is Mike White. Like, I, I'm not going to take credit because I, I honestly didn't stick with <laughs> what I thought. Like, I, I don't know. Something. It, it, this all is just so weird and unpredictable, and it's a bold move. Uh, we talked about this a little bit. You know, it's it's a very crossroads moment for both Zach Wilson and the organization. This is a guy they drafted second overall last year. 
And if you're benching him after 20 starts, you're both saying you don't think he's good enough to win games for you. And he, he has to take that as they don't think I'm good enough. And so, you know, how they go from here, it's going to be very interesting to see. I think Zach, we're going to talk about this, but Zach handled himself really well today. Like really surprisingly well. I mean, I'm sure he's had a lot to think about. He talked to the team today. Sounds like the players were happy that he did that um, based on the comments that happened after the game and all that. But I think Robert Solid, I think he deserves credit for making a bold move here. You know, I, I imagine the organization invested a lot of money in Zach, ownership, GM, everybody. Like they all put their job. You put your job on the line when you draft a quarterback second overall. They're winning now, so their jobs are on the line, really. So they kind of are lucky in that way. But, um, you know, it was a risky move to, to do this. And, you know, you, but I think they they saw what was going on in the locker room. They saw what was going on on the field. They decided it was time to move forward. I think Mike White being the guy is interesting to a degree, too, because, you know, he is unproven. He, he's 27 or whatever he is, and but he only has a few starts. Um, you saw the good and the bad last year. We'll get into that with Kalen. But, yeah, it's a, it's a very interesting spot to be in. And like we talked about, they're six and four. They're, you know, on the, on the cusp of the playoffs. And like I wrote in my column that I just published a, a little bit ago, like this feels like same old Jets in that there's like a controversy in the middle of the season about the quarterback but it's not the same old Jets because they're winning and they needed to do this to keep winning. So it's like a very like interesting thing. I mean, you can't go too many weeks without something crazy happening here, obviously. So there was nothing that happened in the bye week. So we were due. And so obviously the most insane possible thing has happened. And, and uh, we're talking about Mike White as QB one, when as uh, as Rich Simini pointed out, all, all three of their quarterbacks have been the QB three at some point this season. And it was never because of injury, <laughs> which is pretty crazy to think about. Yeah, certainly uh, a musical chairs, so to speak. Um, it The other interesting thing is that we talked about yesterday, I thought, was uh, the fact that was this just because of the way he's been playing or was it also because of his comments on Sunday? But now that we're here and the decision's been made and knowing that the Bears are the opponent this week, it feels like it's pretty clear that it's just it's the play on the field. Like it, he could have said all the right things after the game Sunday and we may be in the same exact spot because they're just not getting enough out of their quarterback. Yeah, I, I think it's definitely predominantly that. I I do want like it, it, we can't. There's no alternate reality where we can find out if this was still would have happened if he didn't say those comments because he said them and then the reaction that happened happened. So I, I do wonder like if he says the right things after that game, if he puts it on himself, if he says I have to be better, I you know I need to do this better, this better, this better. Um, what he did today, but you know, it's a little too little too late, probably. But I do wonder if if we're sitting here having this conversation. But the reality is, you know, the, the play was not good enough. It wasn't just the two Patriots games, as Zach himself pointed out today, that he's had a lot of trouble making just you know the layups, as they say, the, the easy throws. He's been missing a lot of those. Um, and they've been building this offense in a way that they, you know, so he doesn't make mistakes, as we've talked about. They've been just trying to they've limited what they can do because they were too scared of him making mistakes. And that's just not a way to be. Um, I, I think this will open things up for Michael floor. I think he's taken a lot of criticism since Sunday and he, he put a lot of this on himself when he spoke to us today. Um, but yeah, the, the performance just wasn't good enough. And this team is, like I said yesterday, he was a victim of the, of their success. Like they, they would have loved for him to work through his growing pains this year. It's clear. He has a lot of them. Uh, statistically, he's maybe the worst quarterback in the league. He's one of the worst, uh, rookies to start off his career in like NFL, at least since the last 20 years. Um, so there's not a lot of evidence that he's going to get better, but uh, they, they thought they would be able to work through it and maybe you win seven or eight games this year. And then you go into next year competing for the playoffs. The reality is the defense is elite. 
they have talent on offense and their quarterback is not doing his job. So Robert Sala just looked at it and said, do I want to win right now or do I want to think about what this means for our future? And he decided he wanted to win right now. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. DirecTV gives you access to apps like Netflix and live sports right next to each other. I don't get it. Let me put it in pigeon terms. It's like that one amazing dumpster with the old fruit and cardboard all in one place. How am I supposed to keep up with illustrative metaphors when you are making me so hungry? Get live TV and streaming apps together without a satellite. Visit directtv.com. Requires high-speed internet-connected Gemini device and separate paid subscription to watch Netflix on DirecTV. Terms and restrictions apply. It's interesting that Sal also brought up Geno Smith, right? Which is obviously yeah. a, a familiar name yeah. for Jets fans. So and, he's a guy years, yeah. that, and he, I mean, Geno Smith didn't just fail with the Jets, right? He had some yeah. stops along the way before finally uh, figuring it out in Seattle this year and, and doing the crazy, unexpected things that he's doing out there. Um, but that they're they're kind of searching everywhere to try to find some kind of answers and LaFleur referenced that too, that they just have to figure out how to, you know, get this right and try to figure out how to do that. Like, what are the answers? What can help Zach Wilson figure this out? It's, it's, it's weird. This, this quickly into the career of a number two pick, it just feels like these aren't the answers you should be trying to figure out. Yeah, and the word that both he and LaFleur kept using was reset. Like, they need a reset, start from scratch with him. It's like, you you know, when you play a video game and you have to restart it because it's freezing a lot and you have to re- go to the back and restart the system to try and get it back going again and you're starting from scratch. Like, they're, they're going back to the fundamentals. He's going to be running with the scout team. Michael Ford thinks that can be a good thing for him. I don't think it will be a bad thing that he's doing that, but in my mind, I – he only was going to get better with game experience. So it's a, it's a, like a chicken and the egg thing. Like he needs to have the game experience to improve on these things, but they also can't afford to put him out there because yeah, they, they want to win these games. So it's, it's going to be interesting to see how he handles it. I think the most interesting, interesting thing that came out of the solid press conference was that he was not willing to say he will not start again this year. He, he said like the goal is to get him back on the field this season. He said that. And somebody said, but what if like Mike white plays, great what if you guys are winning with mike white and he said i'm taking a day day to day by now so i i think they're they're hanging the carrot in front of him which is probably the smart thing to do so he has something to practice and and try hard for i think saw like denzel mims i don't know that necessarily he was given his best effort every day when there was no possibility of him playing Sala even admitted like a few weeks ago when when it was clear he's gonna play like it was like a, a light turned on for denzel and he's been playing the way he has so i think that's smart that's all is doing that i I can't imagine them going back to Zach unless things got really bad with Mike White. I mean, Joe Flacco is the number two right now. You know what you're getting with Joe Flacco. I mean, again, this is all repeating talking points from yesterday. There's a little more unknown with Mike White. Um, but the offense, you know, that was a historically bad performance on Sunday. And they this was the only, this was the only thing they could really do to change that. You were obviously in the locker room today when Zach Wilson spoke and you mentioned off the top that he was kind of surprisingly said all the right things and everything and you were impressed. So what about 
his demeanor, the words that he said, what impressed you the most about Zach Wilson today in a tough spot? It was all, there was no woe is me. There was no why me. There was none of, I don't deserve this. There was not, I don't understand why they're doing this. He, he was like, I get it. You know, number one, he's what his reaction being benched. You know, he obviously wasn't thrilled about it, but he said he, he didn't disagree with the decision because of how he's played. Um, you know, I asked him about, the way people have reacted to his comments on Sunday and how he's had to spend the last three days, just everybody just attacking his character and, and all, you know, his ability as a leader and his accountability and all that stuff. And, and he said, you know, that was, it was deserved. I, I need, I need to be a better leader. Um, he said in the moment, he didn't even realize what he had said until he was walking to the bus and his dad texted him. And it was kind of like, Oh crap. <laughs> like what did I just do kind of thing is, is how he presented it. And he said he was even trying to like talk to his, some of his teammates on the bus spoke in front of them today. And he, was very contrite, I think. And he, according to guys like Corey Davis and Braxton Berrios and CJ Mosley, he like, he like put it on himself, which is what everybody wanted him to do on Sunday. Uh, you know, the thing that everybody has to remember, he's, he's young, he's 23 and he's trying to be a leader of guys that are a lot older than him. And most of them are making more money than him. And um, I, I think he's, he's learning still. He probably wasn't quite ready for the captainship, honestly. Like I, I think he's, he, I don't know. I think this is, this could be a good learning experience from him. I was very encouraged by the things he said today. Um, th the problem is whether his performance will ever get better. And there's no evidence that anybody who started off their career like him has ever gotten better. But um, yeah, you know, he, he said all the right things today. He took all the blame. He even said, you know, I asked him that about how, like, did he go back and watch the film of the Patriots game and say, man, I can't believe I keep doing this, this, and this wrong. He's like, it wasn't just the Patriots games. I've been making, like easy throws I've been having trouble with all season is essentially what he like admitted the thing that we've all been talking about, but right. hearing say it out loud, it was like, all right. So there is some self-awareness there. Um, maybe there's been a lot of reflection from him these last few days where he had to sit back and be like, okay, what's, what's going on here? Like, is there something different I can do? And that's encouraging. Like the, the mental side of it, we're going to find out how he's going to handle this because he can say that he's going to be a very supportive teammate and all that stuff. But when, you know you're not playing it on Sunday. I, I I imagine that's a lot different, especially for a guy that's never been a backup in his life. So it's uh there's like I said, this is a very crossroads moment for him in his football career. It doesn't mean his career is over. I'd personally be surprised if he's their quarterback next year. I don't think you bench a guy one year and then start him the year after that. Um, but yeah, I mean maybe his career kicks off somewhere else or something. But this is going to be a real crossroads moment for him. Wow, yeah, that was and a bomb dropped right there. That's a whole, a whole <laughs> you're going to open a whole other can of worms. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm thinking about next year for my next story. So <laughs> laying out, and obviously there's, there'll be a lot of options and there'll, yeah. there'll be veterans and it won't be a, a high draft pick, but uh, that, yeah, that it is something interesting to think about. And that makes you wonder, like if, if that's the mindset of the organization and this will be the last question, then we'll, uh, we'll get to, to Mike White, but if the mindset of the organization has become, you know what, this guy isn't going to be our quarterback next year, then you wonder if he will play again this season, right? Because, I mean, what what's the point? If you're, I guess, unless you fall out of the playoff race, and maybe you want to give people a flash to to give him some value, I don't know. But but if he's really not in the plan suddenly for the future, then there's less on getting him back in the lineup this year. So I, I don't, I wouldn't necessarily say he's not in the plans. I, I, it's more like my, I, my opinion that I'd be surprised as of right now, if he's their quarterback, yeah. I think their hope is that this winds up pushing him in the right direction. And I think they still believe in his talent. Like, you know, it's not like he hasn't shown flashes. He, he's shown flashes of some great throws 
we talked about that even that last Patriots game, we talked about that the other day. He had some amazing throws that day. He's he's mobile. He's the most mobile of all three quarterbacks they have. So he has all the tools, and there's just been something missing. Um, and, you know, if he gets another chance this year, then you hope that he's better. I, it'd be surprising if he was at the very least. You know, if, even if I'm, I'm saying I don't think he's going to be their guy next year, at the very least he's going to be in a competition for the job next year. He's not going to be handed the job. And depending on who – if they sign a guy like Jimmy G, I don't think he'd be coming here unless he was – locked in as a starter, especially since he's going to be maybe playing for a Super Bowl with, with the 49ers this year kind of thing. So I don't know. It's, this just opens up a whole can of worms about what this means for their future. They're focused on the right now, which, you know, we're in late November and they're focused on right now. They're not focused. As we've joked, we haven't had Dane Brugler on the podcast yet. Um, and so it's uh, this is the only this is the only thing to even really think about the future. There's other factors. You know, we've talked about some of the cap implications of things they have to do and stuff. But quarterback is going to be the storyline this offseason. We're not going to have to deal with the coaching search, a GM search. They really, they don't, they have some needs, but it's not none that where you're like, uh, they need to, you know, spend all their money to sign X player or whatever. So it, it's really going to be all about quarterback this offseason. And it, I mean, that it'll be interesting because they're not going to be drafting one most likely because they're going to be in the 20s, uh, assuming the season doesn't go off the rails. So um, yeah, I think. Next year, I don't think that's necessarily on their mind right now, but I'm sure it's in the back of Joe Douglas's mind at the very least. Yeah, it has to be. has to be. All right, let's take a quick break, then we'll turn things around and talk about Mike White a little bit. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. DirecTV gives you access to apps like Netflix and live sports right next to each other. I don't get it. Let me put it in pigeon terms. It's like that one amazing dumpster with the old fruit and cardboard all in one place. How am I supposed to keep up with illustrative metaphors when you are making me so hungry? Get live TV and streaming apps together without a satellite. Visit directtv.com. Requires high-speed internet-connected Gemini device and separate paid subscription to watch Netflix on Direct TV. Terms and restrictions apply. All right, let's roll things along to the new QB1 of the New York Jets. That is Mike White and Kalen Kaler, senior NFL writer at The Athletic, joining us now. Kalen with some extra insight into Mike White because she sat down with him as part of her QB2 series, which is uh, the video is being featured on YouTube here at The Athletic. We're going to get the audio up on this feed as well. Kalen, thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me, guys. How are you? Exciting day. <laughs> you clearly Just another day covering the yeah. New York Jets. Zach is yeah. quickly learned. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I wanted to have 
Mike on, so my series I'm starting is called QB2 and we, uh, and I interview backup quarterbacks across the NFL, but obviously we all know that's kind of a loose term because they're shifting in these roles all the time. Um, and as I was making my guest list, you know, dream guest list, Mike White was like at the top because of how he became a fan favorite last year with Jets fans and really kind of piqued my interest in, in the job in general, because I remember when he started, everybody was like, wait, who is this guy? Like he was one of the more anonymous backups, I think in the league. Sometimes you have like those veteran guys who've been everywhere, like Case Keenum right now in Buffalo, who's been a starter himself for several years. But um, then you have guys like Mike White that were relatively unknown until they had their moment in the spotlight last year. So he was at the top of my list. And then also because I figured we're probably going to see him take the field sometime soon, you know, <laughs> not just because, Oh, Zach's not playing well, but like, Zach was already hurt to start the year. His style of play just means, you know, the backups are just more likely to get in the game regardless. So I was like, okay, this is kind of strategic. Like we'll see if he gets his, his moment again, but I did think there was a good chance it would happen. You know, he, you mentioned him splashing onto the scene basically and becoming going from Mike white. Who's he to Mike effing white as Jets yeah. fans kind of know him now. And, you know, he, he saw both ends of the spectrum that Bengals game. He was incredible. Um, 37 of right. 45, 405 yards, uh, three touchdowns. The rating was 107.9. I think it was Jersey in the hall of fame. Yeah. 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 Most yards right. ever in, in a debut. And then two weeks later against the bills, four interceptions, which will just humble you in a hurry. And that's the NFL. But you know, when you sat down with him, uh, I'm, I'm assuming that sort of stuff came up. Just talk about, you know, does he have an opinion of how, where he is as a quarterback now after experiencing that versus going into that stretch last year? Yes. We talked a lot about sort of like the mental side of it. Um, first, I kind of asked him, you know, what is it like when you, cause that was his fourth season last year. He's now in his fifth season. So he didn't get real regular season action until his fourth year on the job. And so we kind of talked about what it's like to kind of sit and wait for the right circumstance to occur. And, you know, he, he described it as a roller coaster because, you know, you can be in like four different roles in one season, essentially you can go from the practice squad to, you know, a three to a two, and then you get your chance and then you're the two again. And we've seen that play out um, last season with him um, when he was benched for Joe Flacco after that uh, bad bills game. So, he knows really well how things can change so quickly. Um, so we talked a little bit about that and, you know, he said, you just have to kind of stay positive and stay, stay ready because when you do get a chance, he said, that's your resume. Like anytime you get into a regular season game, like that is what people are looking at. So he said, what is the tape going to say? Um, and obviously we, I talked to him before um, he had been promoted. I talked to him right after the bye week, uh, the week time bye. So it was like nine days ago. Um, so at that point he was the QB two, but you know, we talked about what it was like when he was promoted to QB two this year over Joe Flacco. And he was like, yeah, I mean, it, it was pretty anticlimactic. Like Sala just called him and said, you're going to be the QB two. And then he called Joe and he was like, and you know, we're both fine with it. He's like, whether or not I'm the one dressing behind Zach or Joe is like, we know our roles and we have to sort of, you know, support the starter. And one thing that like, you know, obviously you could be like, okay, well, like every quarterback is going to say that, like, this is like, you know, what he's coached to say, but I will say I asked him cause Salah, I thought had a really interesting quote during training camp where he said, 
Um, we have three starting quarterbacks. We feel like we have three starting quarterbacks between Joe, Zach, uh, and Mike. And I'm like, that's interesting because obviously we all know like the old adage that says if you have, when you have two quarterbacks, you have none. So I kind of presented that to Mike and I said, what, what do you think of that? Like, do you think it's possible to have more than one quarterback who's capable of starting? Cause I do think that is sort of the, the trick of like designing a quarterback room in the NFL. It's like, do you want your veteran to be like threatening to the starter? Like not necessarily like, do you want your backup to be able to win you games? Yes. But you also don't want to like put a, any pressure on your starter where they're like looking over their shoulder and you want a room that's going to support the other guys in the room. So I think it can get tricky when you have guys that like do have starting experience, have been starters and there's multiple of them in a room. It's like, how are they going to, you know, combine and interact? Um, and so I asked him, I said, what do you think of that saying? Like, do you think it's possible to have more than one starter in the same room? And he said, yes. And he said, he felt like it just depends on the guy's attitude. Nobody can have a big ego um, is what he said. And he felt like they all, were like that in New York. He was like, this is one of my favorite. And Zach, you wrote about the quarterback room um, back in August, like during training camp. And he said, you know, this is my favorite quarterback room I've ever been in. He's like, I don't want to diss, you know, ones from the past, but he's like, this one has been really good. Our dynamic is really great. Um, we get along really well. And we're all here to support Zach. So, you know, theoretically now that the roles have shifted and now that Zach is, is he QB three now? I'm, yeah. I guess. Yeah. Now that he's shifted down to, uh, roles like you would think they're all going to do the same thing but it'll, it'll be interesting to see you know how Zach is in that role but yeah I mean I think that's what's really I think that's what was fascinating is like is it possible to have more than one guy that that can start games and win games and you know Mike said yes and he said he's there to support Zach and so now that he's in the role um, we'll see what happens but you know he did say this was his favorite uh, quarterback room of his career. So it seems like the four of them have like a good thing going, a good chemistry, despite the fact that the starter was struggling recently. The fourth being Chris Strebler, of course. He's a yes. very important the legend. Podcast. Another le <laughs> There's like two yeah. legends. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah. A lot of cult heroes in there. It yeah, is like insane. Two like anonymous guys and then like Joe Flacco is there. <laughs> yeah. The, the least anonymous is <laughs> yeah. Joe Flacco. But it, that's why it's interesting what you said about he feel him feeling like they have the personalities to support each other because Joe Flacco is clearly not happy that he got demoted to QB three. Like he's never been someone who like holds hides what he's feeling. Um, and then you have you know Zach Wilson getting benched uh, in this case, and I, I think they're all still saying the right things. You don't really get a sense that that room is really split up in any way. You still see Joe Flacco and Mike White uh, playing cornhole pretty much every day. Um, <laughs> I'm curious if Zach Wilson will start playing more now. <laughs> but, right, now that he has more yeah, time. yeah, like Mike Mike White today, he said Zach's my friend before he's my teammate, so he's they, he supports him, and Zach's like my job now is to support Mike. So I think they're saying all the right things. I it is going to be interesting to see how Zach handles it behind closed doors, obviously. But I don't know what what do you, you're you're an outsider, obviously. We're in we're in the thick of this all the time. So what yeah. what do you make of this decision to even just bend Zach because this is obviously pretty. I mean, it's a pretty huge deal. I think it's the right decision because I mean, as you said, he's a victim of his own success. I think that's a perfect way to put it. Like if, if he was playing for the bears right now, I don't think he'd be benched um, because you know, they traded their two defensive stars. Like it's, I mean, they're clearly a team that is losing record. They are playing for next year, right? Like that 
So I think if he was on a different team with a different situation, he'd probably still be playing and he, he yeah. would have, he would be afforded the, a little bit more grace to kind of work through his mistakes. And because if you think about it, like I'm in Chicago, so that's why like fields is top of mind, but like, I mean, he didn't start playing better until maybe like four weeks ago. Like, yeah. It's been a relatively recent phenomenon. Like the first three or four weeks of this season were really bleak. Like, I mean, there was, there were some signs of him improving um, flashes of him in the running game. You know, I mean, that's where he's so explosive, but like, it really took until probably four four games ago to be like, okay, like we can see it. And like, those guys are in the same draft class. Yep. So, you know, it's probably still too early to say, okay, Zach Wilson has nothing and he's never going to be anything. Like, I do think like he could still improve and um, be used in a way where he's productive, but I, you know, so I do think like, it's like, okay, was he going to hit a point in like two weeks? Maybe probably not. Um, I, I don't know, but we won't know now because the, the jets are winning and like pretty much every other position and unit is ready to, uh, you know, win playoff games, except for quarterback here. So yeah. um, that is, I think what the interesting thing is, but I have a question for you guys. Like, when I was thinking about Zach Wilson's two years in New York so far um, last year, cause I was going to ask Mike about this and then I just ran out of time. Um, last year he, they, they had his private quarterback coach on the staff mm. um, this year. They don't, I believe that was just like his, for his rookie year. And I don't think that's ever been done before. I could be wrong, but I don't think like a team has ever paid someone's private quarterback coach to like, be on the staff and work with the quarterback that they drafted. And I'm just, I feel like we don't talk about that enough because I think it's pretty weird. Um, I think it's pretty weird. And I think it's weird that it didn't continue in a second year or like, what, what does that mean? And like, did it, did it help him? I don't know. Like, do, what do you guys know about that? What do you think? about So that? The, the thing that it was a weird situation because their quarterback coach, Greg Knapp died right before the season. Right. So I think that was part of the reason why they brought him in um it, it is you're right though that i mean that's very i mean usually a coach doesn't die before the season either but it it was it was a very unique uh situation i mean and bringing him in i i saw i think ryan fitzpatrick viewed it as them coddling him um yeah and i i, I get that argument I, yeah it it was a interesting way to have, this is a young staff too which is another factor you know they have michael floor is only in the second season calling plays rob calabrese had never been a full-time position coach he's the quarterback mm -hmm. coach now got bumped up i believe so yeah it was it was weird how that was handled and i, I think they have i don't know they, they go like back and forth in the way they've handled zach because if you look at last year when mike white had that game he had um robert sala would not like commit to starting zach when he got back from his injury and then mike white goes and throws three interceptions and um right. then they bench him and so then they go back to zach and so I don't, they've handled the whole thing a little strange i think at the end of the day, they've, they've wanted Zach to succeed. I think they've been saying all the right things. Even when he struggled, they've tried to like play it off as he's not the only one struggling. I think this was the first, that's why Robert Sala had to eat some of his own words. Cause just a few weeks ago, he's like, it's unfair that Zach's being held hostage by, you know, these three turnovers he had against the Patriots. He said that he would only get benched if he got hurt. Like he said a lot of these things. And clearly I think he was just saying that to try and pump Zach up because I think clearly he needed, uh, he needed to, uh, I don't know, be held accountable a little more for 
the way he was playing. And that, and I think they finally realized that they couldn't keep coddling him in that way. So I think they, this coaching staff is, it's a young staff. Uh, I think that was also honestly learning about how to do a lot of stuff. I think even within this season, we've dealt with in the beginning of the year, Robert Sala would say a lot of things that where you put his foot in his mouth, like the receipts comment and uh, things like that. And as we've talked about on here, he's gotten really, really good at saying the right things at the podium. Um, so I honestly think a lot of it is this young staff trying to figure things out as they go along. Um, the, the Mike White part of it, though, it's um, it's very inter- it's interesting to me that they're, they're going with him, honestly, because they are if they want to make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. You know, theory, Joe Flacco is the known commodity. You know what you're getting from him. It is weird because it's like like Sala said when he moved him to QB2, he was like, well, we want to see what we have in Mike, which that does make sense. But like not if you are a playoff team. Like if you're a team in playoff contention, I don't know that you're right. Like it doesn't fully make sense anymore because you do want to just be sure of what yeah. you're putting at quarterback. Yeah. Um, and I do think like what we saw from Mike White was like so good and then so bad. So it's sort of like what I guess they're going to figure out now. Like what what is he really um, at the risk of the rest of the team? But yeah. I was going to ask too, like, how do you think that, like, Zach missing the first three games of the season, how do you think that affected his development? Yeah, I think, I think that's something people, everybody forgot about because he's a guy, this is a, they had a lot of new pieces on this offense. Uh, Brees Hall, Garrett Wilson, Dwayne Brown, um, Lake and Tomlinson. Uh, yeah, they, they just like loaded up on new pieces and he didn't really get any time with them because he right. was the training camp and the start of the se- and regular preseason and the start of the season and all that stuff. So I, I definitely think that wasn't good, but also you still, he still just like, wasn't, he would make a mistake one week and then he would make the same mistake the next week. So he like, just was not improving week to week, which was a problem. And, you know, I talked about this earlier a little bit, like LaFleur is saying that he thinks it can be good for him on the scout team like getting these reps in the scout team where his mistakes aren't as big of a deal necessarily. But I, I don't know. I also feel like, I don't know how much better he can get if he's not out on the field. Cause he's been good in practice. Like we've seen him make plays in practice. So I don't know. It's uh, they're in a very interesting spot right now. And I don't really know what it's going to look like. Even like four weeks from now, I don't know what's what, who the quarterback's going to be. Yeah. I will say the last thing about Mike that um, I thought was really funny from my conversation with him was I asked him what it's like, to play behind a guy like Zach who does take risks constantly and is scrambling. And he was like, it's so stressful. He was like, I said to him before, like, this is the most stressful job because you know, he's on the sideline. Like, is he okay? Is he going to get back up? Like what's happening? Um, And he said that like before Zach would go out, he would tell him, you know, keep leading us, but protect yourself. And he would like end everything he said to Zach with, please protect yourself. (laughs) Yeah, that was a great, that was really funny. Yeah. One other thing I wanted to touch on and get both of your thoughts on this. Um, obviously we're going to, all eyes will be on Zach and how he handles this. All eyes around the league probably will be on Mike White because this is kind of an audition maybe for his future as well. But the one other guy I think that has suddenly a lot at stake is Michael LaFleur, right? Because mm-hmm. he's kind of, it's kind of gone up and down this season where people have been like, Oh, he's really calling great games now to like, Oh, what was going on? Like last against the Patriots, there was a lot of question marks and he's always kind of had this get out of jail free card and that he had the young quarterback who wasn't playing well. So now you have Mike white. I feel like the pressure's on the floor as well to kind of 
prove to everybody that he is the guy that is the reputation that he has for being this young offensive mastermind is warranted. Yeah, this is, this is, that's a great point. This is going to be big for him. You know, I, I think historically you look, he's had some of his best play calling games yarded, like their offense has been the most explosive when it wasn't Zach Wilson. You have the Mike White game against the Bengals. You have Joe Flacco earlier this year, especially in against the Browns. You had even Josh Johnson last year threw for like 400 yards in a game. So um, you hope that this opens up the offense. He, I think he's, I think he gets a lot of criticism when they have bad games, but in the, in the wins, he's like overcome. He had a, he's had to overcome like Zach Wilson in a lot of ways. So um, I think you look at like the Bills game and uh, like the Packers, the Broncos, like those games they won. I think he did a really good job. But yeah, this is really going to show like if he's a future head coach, like everybody says, and th- this could get him hired somewhere else. Honestly, if he if they go out and their offense is league average even compared to what they've been like i i think that says a lot about his ability as a play caller i agree and i was just i'll just say that like chicago is a good first opponent for that yeah yeah i meant to ask you about that (laughs) so like i kind of believe in mike white against the bears for sure it's a good place to start yeah 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 you would know all right well kaylin thank you so much for coming on great insight and as i said As this episode ends, if you just let your, uh, with whether it's Apple or Spotify, let it roll. It'll go right into that full interview with Mike White. You can check it out. Um, we were going to come to you Friday, but we are here with the emergency podcast instead. But everyone have a happy Thanksgiving. You can join The Athletic. Best deal of the year. $1 a month for 12 months. Go to theathletic.com slash can't wait and enjoy the show on Sunday. The Mike White Show. We'll talk to everybody.